Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Now, in today's episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Ian Morgan. Ian, along with his wife, Sam, runs MBS Accountants, a firm dedicated to helping small businesses not just meet their accounting deadlines, but actually develop and to grow. And I've known Ian for many years and have seen firsthand his passion for solving business owners' problems and for always looking for ways to improve, including uh, through his work uh, with us at Air Manual. And in fact, um, I'm remembering that there's uh, that some listeners may have heard me talk about an accounting business with a super smooth client onboarding process uh, that's uh, been mentioned by uh, some other clients of ours, uh, and that's Ian's. So really, really glad to have him here. Um, Ian's also the host of the Leaky Bucket podcast, where he provides a real world view of the challenges and triumph, uh, triumphs of entrepreneurship. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to kind of delving deep with Ian on both uh, cash flow and business problems more widely. Uh, Ian, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Alexis. It's, it's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, when I reached out and said, you know, please, can we uh, get this interview in? Um, it was particularly because we've been doing a series of episodes around cash flow because that's an issue that is the source of a stress for a lot of business owners, right? Is that cash flow management. And I know that you've had a load of experience with improving cash flow with your clients uh, and uh, how you essentially fix those leaks in our business buckets uh, and, uh, and ultimately make our money work harder for us uh, rather than us for it. So Ian, could you tell us a bit about your journey from accountant, successful entrepreneur, podcaster, business leader, like how have you got to the point where you've got this uh, this this great insight that I know you have? <laughs> yeah, um, through many trials and tribulations, I think, Alexis, uh, along the way. Um, in a snapshot, um, I think from the point of where I, I joined Sam in the business back in 2009, I think it was, we were the typical accounting practice at that point. So all the things you mentioned that we do now, we did not do then. We were a a tax return factory, if you like. Um, yep. Lots and lots of clients, but all we did was basically form fill uh, and do everything we need to do. Um, me being me though, at that time, it, it looked like growth. Um, it, and there was growth. It was definitely moving in the right direction. But come sort of 2015 or so, it became the point of actually that we'd got so many clients that those age old things of what you tried to do through entrepreneurship. So to to gain more control, um, to have more free time and to make more money. It was absolutely the inverse um, at that point. And it was just like actually something has to change if we keep doing what we're doing this doesn't scale, this doesn't work. Um, and it's, it's an absolute mess of a business at that point. Um, although there was still a large number of clients who, who appreciated what we were doing, but it was just firefighting. Um, so I think at the peak, I was the sole contact for around about 600 clients, um, which yeah, (laughs) it's pretty much that every day, all the time. Um, so then we set about to go within the accounting industry. You've got most accountants mm, moaning slash complaining, frustrated that clients won't take additional services. 
So they just want the year-end accounts and the tax return. Nobody wants cash flow forecasting. Nobody wants yeah. management accounts, advice, or anything like that. And I started just to, to get out and educate myself. Um, started reading a few books, started joining a few mastermind groups, and yeah, started to uncover and go, actually, there are people out there who want this information, who are equally as frustrated because their accountants won't or can't provide it. And I think actually they were probably working with the same accountants, but what was happening was neither was actually saying. So because there was a lack of communication, everybody was just frustrated with the whole situation. Mm. So we set about to go, okay, we need to work out who we can really help and how are we really going to help them? And how do we make it smooth and simple and based on processes and systems? And then they're then embarked a pretty tough sort of four or five year journey to go from yep. mass number of clients with low relationship and low value added to mm -hmm. a lower number of clients with high relationship and high value added. And to give context, we're probably, so back then we were a team of realistically four, yep. um, but with me as the face of the company and the, the client manager, if you like, to now being um, a team of 12 and only 150 clients. Right. So the big change and shift over that period was me getting I'm out of my own way. Um, all the processes and systems and everything you mentioned now is because I started to see from everything I was reading and, and learning about the value that Sam could bring in terms of mm. she loved lists, she loved processes, she loved systems, she loved predictable outcomes where I was a bit more fly by night. Yeah. We'll just yeah. see what happened. Um, that got us that far. It wasn't what was going to get us to that next level. So I learned to, to lean on, on Sam significantly more, let her sort of run and operate things day to day. And I can be free just to come up with ideas and test and see how we can improve and move things forward. Sam can be the control center, if you like, of, of the business. Mm. Love that, love that, and so uh, and and also for context, because uh, what you describe of having six hundred clients with four of you and you being the point of contact for everyone, and then moving to a position of having one hundred and fifty clients and twelve of you and you not being the point of contact, um, obviously in terms of quality of life, there's a huge improvement there in terms of I know that you know you're able to take holidays and not be required day to day in the business and all those sorts of things. Whereas that wasn't the case previously, but some might um, uh, might look at that and go, oh, but financially, presumably you're making more money when you had 600 clients and only four people on your payroll versus 150 clients and 12 people on your payroll. Is that the case or is that not? No, absolutely not. The complete inverse, the opposite. Um, I think profitability is probably up seven or eight times compared to where it nice. was. At that point um i'm not sure where turnover is and don't tend to measure that as much okay. um it, it's much more about turnover and uh, sorry about profit and cash flow um it everything just moved in the right direction like I say, it was a messy four years where we're starting to go well who do we really help the best how do we help yeah. them some people want to be helped some don't that was tough trying to figure out to go we've 
told you we offer this value for so long, but that's not the value that we really think is valuable. We're going to offer this value instead. Mm. And some people are like, yeah, but I didn't sign up for that. I don't value that. And you've got to get comfortable and go, okay. Uh, and that's hard because that was your, your own ego, I suppose, that got you to that level. And now suddenly you're having to go, no, I'm that people now think I'm wrong. Um, and the, the self doubt, I suppose, kicks in, but it was no battle through. It was, it was almost that permission to be selfish, um, mm. to go, yes, clients are amazing and you really, really want to help them. But actually, if somebody wants to come us, come to us for, um, guidance and advice on a, a highly profitable cash flowing business, if we can't even run one of those ourselves, why would they want to take advice from us? Um, so actually it was just going, no, we need to be selfish. We need to get that working. And then people want to work with us because they want to be able to emulate the elements of what we're able to do. So start with our own business. Um, everything that we would like an ideal client to have, we should have, and it shouldn't just be me doing it. The team should be doing that because that's the proof of, of concept that it works. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's ultimately where it sprung from, but yeah, a lot more profitable, a lot more cash flow positive now with less clients than what we were with, with more clients. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think, as you say, um, one thing that really strikes me is how the way that you run your business is you practice what you preach. You know, and, and what, and what, uh, and the guidance that you give to, to business owners is excellent. And I love that, as you say, you, you, you apply that to make sure that you get those results and experience it for yourself. Um, and as a result, I mean, you've developed a reputation for, for helping small businesses, not just meet the deadlines, but prepare, you know, uh, but to make their money work harder and to, uh, to put them, their business in a, in a strong position. Um, can you perhaps share some of the key strategies that you've found to be most effective? Uh, some of the, the practices, the processes that you, uh, recommend and as a result, you know, do yourself, um, to, to get better results. Yeah. So I think what we, what we learned over that period was that every business owner is chasing financial freedom, whatever that may look like to them, but that ultimately that's what they're chasing, which is we describe as ultimately the balance between the amount of money they're able to earn, but the amount of time they've then got to be able to enjoy that as well. So everybody wants to, they come to us wanting that, but then there's two fundamental elements that have to happen first in order for that to be a reality. The first element is, is financial control. That is ultimately up to date, good quality bookkeeping, because mm -hmm. if you don't have that up to date and you don't have everything categorized in the right way, accounting for VAT and everything correctly. When you have these, um, these firefighting moments as a business owner, which are inevitable at some point, something's bound to come along. How do you bring yourself back to logic and go, hang on, our business mm. was financially stable yesterday. It's highly unlikely that it's not financially stable today, but it can feel like that because some major catastrophe has happened or what feels like a major catastrophe. If that data was only up to date at your last VAT return three months ago, all sorts can be going on in your head and going, actually, it's 90 days is a long time. A lot could have happened in that period. So financial control is the fundamental key. Um, then there's financial clarity, which is where we start to come in with the things like the effectiveness of cash flow. But we start with 
an education for the business owner because there's the, the first point of a business is being able to just sell, um, get people in and then serve them. And I think there then becomes a level where people are operating a probably a multi six figure business, but they don't really understand the financials. But there's almost an embarrassment to admit that you don't understand the financials. So people just sort of pretend. And our job is to basically extract that and go, you don't need to pretend like just go. This is what I get. This is I don't even need to know what I don't understand. I just need to know what I do understand. And more importantly, our job then is not to teach them to be an accountant because nobody really wants to do that. Even it's accountants. To, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's to teach them and get them that level of understanding so they can tell what's good and what's bad in their business and what that means for them. So financial clarity then stems into management reports that are easy and clear to understand. Um, don't most people who are using accountant numbers are scary or they're difficult to read and they don't make sense. So let's just move the numbers out of the way. Let's make it yeah. very visual, very easy to nice. read and understand and provide video commentary and analysis that again, if you, if you go and see, you know, three sheets of A4 with all this commentary on it, who wants to read that? Whereas actually just watching a video and letting it take you through that story is easier to consume and therefore easier to be aware of what's happening in your business from a, a financial understanding perspective. Cash flow then is, is the key element behind that to go. That's already told you then potentially you're now working towards a profitable business, but mm -hmm. the key element is you still paying yourself last and cash becomes the problem. And then you go, ah, there isn't enough there. And I think the fundamental underlying principle of that is, um, accountants are very quick to train somebody that if they're, if they're moving from a sole trader to a limited company is you've got to remember that the business money isn't your money. So keep it all mm. separate. But I think then what happens is there's this disassociation between business money and the relationship that business has with you. And so it's easy to spend business money because there's lots more of it potentially. And then there becomes a problem to go, hang on, I've spent all the business money. I, now I can't get paid. So we try and bring back that closeness of that relationship to go, yeah, it may not be your money and you can't just take it all and spend it or whatever. But if you do go and spend it on this luxury piece of software or this uh, amazing new MacBook when a, a basic laptop would have worked or whatever, that means you can't have that money. So just slow down that sort of decision process about what you're spending money on. Be, be very select. Mm. Um, in terms of that, with the free cash flow, financial freedom becomes a lot easier because the money the money makes money doesn't necessarily make the world go round, although it's obviously very helpful. But it's it's a lot easier with money around to make some key decisions because you can sometimes you can buy your way out of a problem. Yeah. Um, so it's it's that journey. But nobody wants to buy financial control because that's that's boring. Yeah, everyone mm. wants to buy financial freedom. So that's that's our pathway and our journey that everybody goes on to yeah to get to get financial freedom, whatever that may look like to them. Love that. I think the 
Um, and that's something that I've seen when working with you in like the, um, your passion for how do you actually make uh, or help, how do you actually get a business leader to a point that they can make de- decisions that are better for the business? And you, know, you mentioned like sharing videos with the, the client to explain what they're looking at rather than just dumping a load of, uh, PL statements and whatever and just go, there you go. You know, interesting. And, you know, I've, I've had conversations with accountants in the past where they try and talk me through what they're seeing in the numbers and they don't understand the business enough to do that. And, it's so long after that period anyway, it's all irrelevant. And yet I know that your approach is completely the opposite, right? Is that you get enough knowledge that you can make real insight and you do it soon enough that that decision is going to be useful. I think one of the things that strikes me is when we look at cash flow management specifically, as you say, you know, you want to be profitable, but ultimately we're talking about um, financial freedom. That's about having cash. It's about having cash that makes you feel secure. It's about having cash that works for you and that you've got sufficient leftover on top of kind of safety net that can be invested and, and can provide uh, ongoing income. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use the vernacular of leaks because, you know, you, uh, you host the Leaky Bucket podcast. Like, what are some of the leaks to people's cash flow that means that a business that should be generating good cash flow, that a business leader, uh, you know, a business owner who should have good cash position ends up not doing because we both know uh, some uh, incredible business owners who do amazing things, grow incredibly quickly and yet essentially end up broke. Um, so what are the, what are the leaks that, that mean that they don't end up with financial freedom when even though the business is strong? There, there's numerous, um, they're in every, every corner of the business, but I think there's probably a few, a few key ones that may be easy starting points. Yeah. Um, I think it's knowing who you truly identify with. So then therefore, you know, the value that you're really offering. Are you helping somebody move away from a particular pain? Are they moving towards a particular a pleasure or an outcome? Um, really know how you can help. Another key one is people giving discounts um, that it, it's seen as almost the done thing to do. Yeah. But I think people forget if they if they've got a, I don't know, a hundred pound service and it only makes 20% profit and you go and give a, so it's making 20 pounds and you give a 10% discount. Well, it's only 10 pounds of a hundred pounds, but you've just halved your profit. You've halved your cash flow on that, that particular deal. So now you've got to do another hundred pound deal at your 10% discount. So at 90 pounds to get back. So now you've got to serve two customers to get what you would have done with one customer. So it's yeah, not certainly not giving discounts. Um, unless there's a, there's got to be a contra with it. So there's, yes, the price can go down if we remove these services, for example. Um, yeah. so you can get the, the appropriate balance. Essentially so that your profit uh, margin stays similar, right? Yeah. So you protect that, um, or be certainly being aware of it to go, actually, mm. if I am giving this discount, that does mean I need, maybe I do need two people now with that, that same yeah. level to do what I could have done with one. So do I want that decision? Um, am I okay working twice as many hours now to earn the same money or, or the team having to do that? Um, the other is, is a the big mistake I made that I've already mentioned that we got fixed, which is not operating a business on systems and processes. It is, yeah, it's, it's huge that 
I think people think they can do it by just hiring people like them. Yeah. Um, and that is usually a quick way to find out that all the things that you hate doing still don't get done because you just got more people like you doing the things that you love doing. <sighs> so it's being strategic. If you've got the systems and processes and then you can document all the things you don't like doing, hire the people that do like doing them because they, they do exist. Um, so I suppose that's two almost in one. It's the systems and the processes and then it's strategic hiring to to get people doing the stuff that you don't like doing. Though if, I think in those few areas, it stops things significantly. The other is almost then what I mentioned on earlier is that relationship between the, the business money and your own money. So don't don't pay yourself last. Like ah. Uh, one of our education programs is let's just rewrite the the cash flow statement, right? Which is effectively income, less your essential expenses. So the essential cost that it needs to deliver the quality of service that you want to deliver. And now you've almost you've got like a, a gross cash position. Mm. Now you need to plug in what you're gonna get paid. And now everything else that you are paying for that technically now is optional. Yeah. Can you plug that back in? Do you want to plug it back in? And if that means that actually there's more to plug back in than what your what you've got left, the only there's only a couple of moving factors, which is you need to increase the cash coming into the business, or you need to decrease the cash that you're taking out. But now it's a very it's a conscious decision mm. as opposed to just being a result. Yes. Um, and suddenly people go, hmm, I know I was paying for that, but is that a value? Maybe not. Mm. And the, and it can be numerous, numerous areas, but people very quickly overspend. And I think it's that, that training originally to go, yeah, but business money isn't your money. So don't, don't just take it, but now it's completely separate. And the business in those early stages, the business could have 10 times the money that you've got personally. So therefore well, you can spend some of that, can't we? You know, yeah. We can shift some of that money to you if you don't spend it. Yeah, I really like that perspective. And I think the uh, it, it, it applies a much stronger lens to the how you're essentially investing money in growth um, rather than it just sort of disappears out and uh, and you kind of feel like, oh, well, yeah, a lot of it's investing in growth. And, and actually it helps on both ends of the scale, right? It helps you get really clear about, are my essential costs too high as well? Because if, you know, if you kind of look at it and go, hey, you know what? before I even get to growth, I'm already down only to like 10% profit margin and cash coming out of this. I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to fund this. Um, whereas if, if, you know, if there's a big amount of room there, so I think that's powerful. Um, to get quite a little tactical uh, just for a moment, for doing that so that you can produce cash flow statements that, that have that kind of clarity and for other business leaders who go, yeah, yeah, yeah I want that kind of visibility. Are you... Uh, literally doing that in your chart of accounts with different account codes that either correlate to essentially business growth or essential expenditure. Um, and so, for example, does that mean that you would split that out for IT software? We'd have some some IT software that's considered essential and then some that's that's growth. Do you literally have those separate separators of different account codes? Yeah. So, so for example, like um, we couldn't do what we do without using zero. Right, it's fundamental to what we do. 
So zero as a, a piece of software is key. Yes, we could change it. We can go QuickBooks or Sage, but yeah. it's here or there in terms of the cost. We can't really do it without it. But then if we've got other software in the background, like why we might be using Zoom for meetings, we can do it without. We could do it with Microsoft Teams because we've already got that through True. Microsoft subscriptions or something. You know, we're paying additional for it. Do we want to pay additional? Mm. It that's a luxury. That's an option. That's a choice. Nice. So, but but Zoom, uh, but zero is not a choice. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I suppose technically you could argue we could do it all on Excel and then <laughs> yeah, it's where you draw the line. <laughs> yeah, but. In terms of the efficiency in our business model, in terms of being an online business, having that process and systems, zero or a cloud accounting platform is essential to that. So that's mm. an essential cost to our business. But the likes of Zoom is, is an optional luxury choice because we find that a more stable platform to, to host meetings. Uh, we actually have our calls through Zoom as well. So that, that works well. Yes, there's cheaper options, but we're, we're sort of cutting away of quality then yeah it's interesting because not only does it help with that visibility as cash flow i guess that if you then have a problem with profitability or cash flow it makes it very easy for you to identify where you could cut costs right because as yeah. you said zoom, if we take the zoom versus microsoft team as an example we're in a similar situation right in theory in fact <laughs> i spotted the other day it's like oh wait in theory we could use google meet like we've got a google apps account so all of our team could use Google Meet. We also have Office 365, so all of our teams could use Microsoft uh, Teams. And yet we pay a significant amount each year to use Zoom because it's sufficiently user-friendly and, and, and as a result creates efficiency. But you're right, there are examples of those decisions where if push came to shove, we could reduce our cost by significant amounts in a very quick a relatively quick period of time um, to get down to that level. And it's, it's quite useful as a, as a thought experiment um, in terms of what would your business look like if you did all of them and therefore be able to adjust. And essentially that's what you're recommending and what you're doing um, with visibility monthly or more often, right? Is that constant view of being able to see what would your business look like if you cut some of those costs versus what you're doing. So that's, that's pretty amazing. And um you know, when we were looking at processes uh, to include, uh, we wrote a guide, you know, the business leader's guide to improving cash flow. And we came up with a series of what are the processes that we have in our business to help us manage cash flow and that we'd recommend for others. It's interesting um, when you get to that level of nuance, when you say actually reviewing the cash flow statement with this level of detail has such power, like the ability for a business owner to just go, oh, well, yeah, I've already got a process for reviewing our budget monthly, I'm now going to just add in a step there where my finance administrator also needs to share the cash flow statement broken down in the way that you've just described. And here we're going to ask these questions. Like that's so powerful in terms of being able to then uh, do that. So talk to us about like the impact. What's it in businesses where you've worked with them, you've helped them get visibility on cash flow, you've helped them uh, plug some of the leaks um, and be more mindful uh conscious of their decisions about investment on business growth what's the what's the impact how does it change in terms of what it feels like for the business owner and what happens in their business yeah i think lots of these occasions where it can fall off track is as they go through significant milestones in the business and the business 
makes a significant shift, um, usually over a short space of time, and things can fall a little bit off track, whether that's in terms of actual financial performance or that, I don't know, they only wanted to work 20 hours per week and now they've, oh, yeah, but I wanted to scale my business. And now all of a sudden you're working you know, 70, 80 hours per week. And you go, hang on, was that the value I really wanted? Um, so some clear examples are we've got both both extremes of those. We've got somebody who scaled their business significantly from a, a low six-figure revenue business to a um, to a low seven-figure revenue business within just over a 12-month period. Wow. And <laughs> somehow managed at the end of that to basically have the same profit um, that they'd had the year before, which you then go, okay, well, what, what quite happened? What went wrong? You know, it's a significant shift. We could see some effects of this going, but at the time you're doing it, it looks like reinvestment and so on. And then you go, hang on, you're going to stabilize. You can't keep on on this pathway. Yeah. So what are we looking at? How have those, how have those mm, optional costs, op- yeah, optional costs, how have they sort of crept up? And actually just by pausing and going through this and going, look, it's okay to be intentional about the growth, but let's be intentional about the point, which was to make more money. Mm. Um, and actually very quickly through around about a two hour exercise of just reviewing those and just questioning to go, are you sure that that's, that's really, really needed? All of a sudden, by the end of that two hour conversation, we've found nearly 25,000 pounds per month. Wow of additional cash flow and you go well okay that's that's potentially life-changing yeah 300,000 um, a year yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and and it was in terms of that person they were able to, to buy their first property um they've never been able to get on the property market before um they wow. live in london it's, it's difficult um and yeah all of a sudden there was actually hang on we can we can achieve this this is possible um so there's one in terms of a financial perspective in terms of having that availability. The other, I suppose, linked back to it's cash flow related, but it's knowing the cash flows on track mm. that we had somebody who their goal was to be able to, to give back to, to their church and their community because they had a, a tough personal challenge and the church and the community had really helped them out. So now they were getting their, their financial house in order they were like how, how do we be able to to give back so they wanted one day during the week to be able to give to their community and they wanted their sundays free for for giving to the church and being available to go to the church and they they started off that that intention and then business started to get a bit busier there were a few inquiries and so on and just as a regular check-in we had with them we just found out and went okay how's how's the church and the, the community thing going Oh yeah, well, we sort of pause that a little bit moment, and it's just that thing to go. Hang on, but why? Mm. Oh, because we got all these new inquiries. You go, hang on. You told me money wasn't important. It was time to give to the community, and it was time to give back to the church. Is, are you sure you're living the values that you wanted to get from this? And it was that thing to go. Ah, oh, yeah. Hang on. I've I've fallen back into. Yeah. I can't be busy because there's inquiries. We should fulfil them. But actually the cash flow is fine. Like if you don't take this additional work, you're still doing and achieving what you set out to achieve. But by taking this different work, you're not living the purposeful life you wanted mm. to live, which was where we come back to that financial freedom. It's different for everybody. 
um, you know, the one with the £300,000 of additional uh, positive cash flow per year, theirs was definitely a financial goal. They needed a financial yes. achievement. And the hours and what they were able to do wasn't as important. For this other family, it was, no, so, the hours are significantly more important at this time. So how do we how do we achieve that? And it was that by having the up-to-date information, by them having the clarity, by us being able to have that relationship because of the lower number of clients, mm. we were able to, to have that conversation and just go, hang on, are you being purposeful with what you wanted? Has it changed or nice. have you just fallen a little bit off track? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And the, uh, the, the clarity of purpose and having that, that kind of goal of where they're trying to get to and the fact that you're then helping them manage the finances towards that, I think is so powerful. Like when you mentioned earlier on in the interview, you talked about how, um, for most people, setting up a business, building a business is about financial freedom in whatever form, uh, they feel, whether it's, financially free that they have enough money that means that they can spend their Sundays and another day per week uh, with the church and all these such things or being able to buy a house whatever um, ultimately we all have our own goal and part of the challenge is getting really clear on what does that look like uh, at what stage of life and whatever and then working backwards to achieve it I love your approach of a having that clarity and checking in on that but b making sure that all of your financial reporting essentially helps you uh, make those decisions in line with that because any step taken in the direction in which you want to go is a good one whereas you know a hundred steps <laughs> in a direction you didn't want to go is a waste of time and so um yeah i absolutely love that um in terms of uh you know there's various areas that we, we've covered unfortunately not uh we're running short on time so i can't go uh deeper but are there uh, resources tools strategies that you'd recommend to a business leader particularly one who's perhaps struggling uh, with managing their cash flow at the moment and and feels like yeah i'm you know the the bucket is leaky i'm not, i'm not making as much money as i would expect uh and actually it's worse than that i'm you know a bit fearful about what what happens going forward yeah i think there's a there's two probably real quick processes that can be done the one is just grab ideally the last three months bank statements but if for yep. the business but if you can't actually i'm gonna say business, you can do it personally as well right but yeah at least go back for the last month if you get three months you'll get some irregularities that are popping up as well so not just the regular direct debits and regular monthly subscriptions but literally then just grab two highlighters um, a green one and a red one uh, and the green one is this is definitely go this is essential to to the business and the red is no this, if push came to shove this could go and, and you've got to be quite brutal yep. but you can get a quick picture and then you just add up all the red stuff and just go how much cash flow could we and it's, it's mm. could but how much cash flow could we generate because every business has got money they're spending that they don't need to spend. Obviously, you, you mentioned about, actually, you've got three ways that you could do online meetings. Um, yeah. And do you need them all? At the moment in time, if cash flow is great, then actually, yeah, you're choosing the best option because it offers additional values. But actually, if cash flow was tight, like you say, then actually you can go, well, we have a decision, actually. Is the decision that big? Um, do, do, should we be making that? 
the other is people get excited about doing the fancy stuff that we said about so the cash flow forecasting the management the management accounts getting fds in and all this type of stuff if you don't have the financial control which is just up-to-date good quality bookkeeping none of the other stuff can be done yeah so the the bookkeepers actually in this world are the ones who get undervalued um mm. because it's seen as a, a low value task but ultimately all this other stuff that we want doesn't work unless that's happening so yeah. have you got somebody in place who's got a robust system and process that means that they're going to produce up-to-date timely and accurate information that you can make decisions off if you don't have that in place everything else is is gonna fall apart at some point so yeah. you need to have that um yeah and we call it our we actually call it our queen bee role um which is a bit of a i can't remember where the theory came from but it's but it's from bees effectively which is all, all the worker bees effectively all have their duties of whatever that might be whether it's helping build the the hive whether it's mm-hmm. off going collecting pollen whatever it might be but the moment that the queen bee is under threat signals are sent out and everybody cancels all their other jobs and they protect the queen bee mm. and so our queen bee role is bookkeeping because all of our other services that we do where we're advising and helping clients do all of this if a client's uh client's bookkeeping is under threat we, we can't help because that moment they have a oh yeah but i've just lost my major contract with a client I'm feeling, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling scared. Whatever. How do we help? Will we go back to the financial information? Mm. Is that financial information out of date or inaccurate? We we can't help them come back to logic. Um, we're just going to exacerbate the the emotional reaction at that moment in time. Yeah, love that. Yeah, that that having that that transparency, that clarity, and I think that's that's come up again and again for me as we've kind of um, done this series around cash flow is that so much of it is getting that getting that visibility of what the situation is um you know in a previous episode when i spoke to uh, clayton m coke who uh, does the runs the um the cash flow show and his background is like debt recovery and he talked about how the first thing is open up all the envelopes all those envelopes that you're fearful of opening like get clear on what's the actual picture of what do you owe um, and then equally on the other side, look through all, what are the invoices of what, what do people owe you? And I think that's, um, that exercise for any business owner is, uh, keeps on coming up. Like if you've got into a position where you're in difficulty, it's first get visibility. And I think therefore, how do you avoid getting into difficulty? A lot of it comes down to having the process in place that mean that, get having visibility is a constant thing not something that's a one-off exercise it's how do you make sure that at any given moment you can see exactly what's happening in the business that you can see your essential cost versus growth cost that you can see the ingoings the outgoings where you've got uh, money owed or, or money that you owe and um and having that clarity so i absolutely love that Ian. thank you so much for sharing that for people who would like to learn more from you uh, i'd highly recommend people check out the the leaky bucket podcast um obviously with your experience as an accountant you provide huge value there but it's not just it's not like oh it's just about accountancy you you cover a, a variety of topics on on different business challenges so highly recommend people check that out where else can people uh, connect with you learn more about what you uh, you and the team at mbs do 
Yeah, so I'm most most active on LinkedIn, um, so you can find me there. Um, but if you also pop over to our website, which is mbsaccountants.co.uk, we've actually got a, a like a health score, financial health score quiz there that you can test about your financial controls and your financial clarity and how good is your pathway towards financial freedom. Um, only takes two or three minutes and yeah, it gives you a gives you some steps that you can then take afterwards as well to improve that. Fantastic. That sounds excellent. Yeah. No, and, uh, I, I'm, uh, I haven't run that for a while. I think I'll, uh, I'll have to run that again myself just to, just to see how that's going. So that's, that's really, really good. So I highly recommend people, uh, go to the MBS accountants website. Um, I also mentioned the, uh, ebook that we wrote that includes a load of, uh, processes, uh, particularly around cash flow to, to help make sure that you've got, um, both visibility, but also, uh, cost control and chasing payments and all those things in your business. Uh, you can find that at airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash ebook. That's the business leader's guide to improving cash flow. Uh, fantastic. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining me. It's, you've been, uh, uh fantastic as expected. <laughs> uh, thank you, Alexis. It's been, been really good. Thank you. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, as regular listeners, and I know that Ian knows, uh, I run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours a week, remove the constant stress of running a business and unlock growth. Uh, although the we don't go deep into cash flow specifically on that session, uh, the approach that we share is a game changer, particularly if you're looking to to free up your time and to do some of the things that Ian talked about earlier about getting from a position where you've got like four people and everything's a nightmare and you're required as part of every part of the business to getting to a team that can actually scale uh, and you're not involved in the day-to-day. Uh, you can find out more and register for the next one at airmanual.co forward slash webinar. Well, uh, otherwise, uh, that's it for this episode of De-Stress Your Business. Massive thank you again to Ian Morgan for joining us and sharing his valuable insights uh, on a variety of areas, including cash flow management. Uh, but if you've found today's episode helpful, we'd love to hear about it. Share it on social media, tag us in, and ideally, let us know your key takeaway. We'd really greatly appreciate it, and uh, it also helps other people uh, hear about this this podcast. Because ultimately, when it comes to cash flow, people often don't talk about being in difficulty when it comes to cash flow or even just being worried about it. And so they might not reach out to you to say, I'm having this issue. Uh, so a va- really valuable thing that you can do is just put that out there in the world, help us share the episodes uh, like this, and hopefully it reaches the right people that need need to hear those messages to solve uh, really a problem that can, can hit people both in the business and personally. So uh, please do do that. Uh, and of course, uh, to learn more about Ian and his work, be sure to check out the MBS Accountants website and the Leaky Bucket Bucket podcast. Uh, Remember, business doesn't have to be constantly stressful. Uh, Do subscribe and listen into our next episodes uh, so that you can hear practical strategies to make your business journey less stressful and more successful. Otherwise, thank you very much, Ian, again, everyone else. Until next time, have fun.